the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Danny Cannell, Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, and Tom Fernelli. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year to you and yours to you, Mr. Fernelli. Uh, this is Bowl Season Daily. It's January 1st. There's there's a couple big games today, Tom. And, of course, I'm talking about Auburn and Northwestern and Georgia and Cincinnati, <laughs> the games that everybody's talking about. Okay, so we got Georgia-Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. That's going to be at noon. We got Auburn-Northwestern at 1. Then we get into the college football playoff semifinals, Alabama-Notre Dame, Clemson-Ohio State. Reminder... We did a whole freaking super preview of the college football playoff semifinals. We also covered them in in the bowl locks volume two. So go and get those if you want not only our thoughts on these games, but also Barton Simmons and Danny Cannell. So uh, we will begin in chronological order, as we always do, with the Peach Bowl in Georgia, Cincinnati. And the big storyline is going to be about undefeated Cincinnati, group of five. Can they put together one of these UCF-like runs? Uh, what's your level of confidence in the Bearcats being able to show up and show out in this spot? First of all, I'm glad both of us decided to dress up for New Year's Day's podcast. But as far as this game is concerned, it's to me, this is going to be an interesting situation because we've seen it a lot of times with this, you know, the power five versus the group of five champion or whatever the heck you want to refer to the guy team that gets that automatic berth. But I think this is a very good Cincinnati team defensively that is going to pose problems for Georgia. It's just when I look at this matchup and what often concerns me, not just with group of five power five matchups, but generally group of five versus upper echelon SEC teams. And sometimes even a lot of power five teams up against upper echelon SEC teams is that it's hard for them to match up against these kind of defensive lines that they're going to see. And this is a Georgia defense that is very strong in the front seven. And if you look at the advanced metrics, it ranks first in SP plus as far as defenses in the country. It's a very good defense. So I'm not sure how much success that this Cincinnati offense, which Desmond Ritter has taken huge strides forward this year, is kind of that was our biggest question about Cincinnati coming into the year because Desmond Ritter did struggle at times last year as young quarterbacks are prone to do with turnovers and just kind of being loose with the ball and careless. He's taken care of that. He's grown. He's become more accurate. It's just 
he's going to be facing a pass rush and a defense and a secondary that he hasn't really come across yet. If you look at Cincinnati's schedule, they've played against Tulsa, which is a very good defense. And we saw the struggles that they had against that Tulsa defense. Well, Georgia's defense is better than Tulsa's. And I think Georgia's offense is a lot better than Tulsa's. So when I look at this, I don't think Cincinnati gets blown out. I think it's too good of a team. I think it's a talented team. It's a much more talented than you typically see from a lot of group of five schools. So I think it's going to hang and it's going to be respectable. It's just, I don't see them covering the spread. I think we're looking at like a 10 to 14 point kind of game. So I'm laying the points with the Bulldogs. Seven and a half is a dicey number. Dicey number for an early kick in the big body bins. I, I'm i on Cincinnati here. Uh, I I kind of think that, like, I look at the over-under, and do we go back to our Georgia underbag on this one, potentially? I don't know, because it's like Georgia's offense has just gone to a completely different level since JT Daniels took over. Like, if Stetson Bennett is starting this game, oh, hell yeah. We are we are riding those Georgia unders. But with JT Daniels in there, even against the Cincinnati defense, which has been terrific in the secondary all yeah, season long. Pass defense is I, tremendous for Cincinnati. Like, I am more worried about Georgia being able to just be like, no, your defensive line can't can't match up against us. It is a, a physics versus football situation. And as I was watching Mississippi state against Tulsa, I was like, uh, Tulsa has been a better football team, but there is a physics versus football problem that's mm-hmm. going on right now. And I think that was really significant there. So like I'm coming out of this, looking at that result of sec versus American. That was one of the best American teams and one of the worst sec teams. Now we're getting the team that only beat Tulsa by three against a pretty damn good sec team. Uh, on the locks pod, spoiler alert, I did take Cincinnati. I will say I'm in, on Cincinnati, but my hedge here as I'm with you on January 1st in the morning is to tell you, good listener of the Cover 3 podcast, that my hedge might be the under because I don't know how many points uh, Cincinnati is going to score in this game. Yeah, this this could be uh, – I could see this. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think like 35-7 to 7 is very much in play. 51 and a half is the total seven and a half. As we mentioned is, is the spread Northwestern, a four point favorite, uh, in the camping, excuse me, in the Verbo citrus bowl in camping world stadium in Orlando, uh, over under a 43 and a half. You had a great line on the uh, locks pod. You said, we love the games on new year's day that play like everyone feels a little bit slow, a <laughs> little bit sluggish, a little bit, maybe hung over. And when we've got an Auburn team that is led by an interim coach and hasn't had a, an offense that's really clicked much at all, you've got a Northwestern team that the offense is not the strength at all. I mean, I, I'm excited to see some punts. Yeah, this is, this is not going to be what I expect to be a, a pretty football game. And you mentioned it, you know, Auburn, it's one of those situations where we try to decipher motivation for teams involved in bowl games that aren't like the playoff games and New Year's Six games. And when you look at Auburn, you mentioned they're under an interim coach. Gus Malzahn's been fired. Kevin Steele is, you know, the defensive coordinator slash interim coach. But like we talked about on the locks pod, he's also the interim coach that was trying to get the head coaching job and didn't get it. He lost out to Brian Harson. So I think it's only kind of natural to wonder if he's going to suffer kind of let down in his preparation for the game since he knows he's no longer getting the job. I think that if you're Auburn, you're playing under a new coach. You've got a new coach coming in. I don't know how excited you are to be in this game. It's been a mostly disappointing season for you. Meanwhile, you've got a Northwestern team who under Pat Fitzgerald, 
they would be ready to play a peewee team if that was on the schedule because Pat Fitzgerald just wants to win football games and play football games. And also, like you said, this is a team that's led by its defense, and this is like the swan song for longtime defensive coordinator Mike Hankwitz, who I'm expecting, like, if Northwestern has a good game and wins the game, I'm betting he gets carried off the field on some shoulders. And I just look at that kind of matchup, and I think – I don't know that Auburn's really all that excited to be here. I know Northwestern is, so I'm leaning with Northwestern on the spread. And I think at the total, I know it's low and I know it's scary, but like you yes. said, you know, yes. it's yes. it's not going to be a pretty game. I like the under too. I am on this under because it is like everything that I want. It's Auburn and, and it's Northwestern. It's at 1 p.m. Eastern time on New Year's Day. Like if it goes kaput, I don't even care that I took the L on this one because it is just like so core to what I want out of my New Year's Day football. So those will be the early games. And then we move into the college football playoff semifinals games that we have, again, uh, gone very, very deep in on here on the Cover 3 podcast. So this is our last word, at least in terms of prediction. So I will pose it this way. Alabama has dropped under 20, more to like 19 and a half, over under around 65 and a half. Do you feel any different? Do you have any late, um, any late information or any late inclination to have you go one way or the other? No, I, I feel the same way I felt about this one all along. I think that Notre Dame has been a very good football team all year long. I think that Ian Book has taken tremendous steps forward as a football player and has now made himself into somebody who potentially could end up not just being drafted in the NFL, but maybe finding a starting job somewhere, if not a backup job. And I think that defensively, Notre Dame has been spectacular pretty much all season long. Clark Lee's done a terrific job with that defense. He'll be moving on to Vanderbilt after this season. It's just, I don't think any of that matters in the context of Alabama because we've talked about all year long how Alabama is the best team in the country and it's on a tier of its own where we feel like it is not just separate from the non-playoff teams, you know, the lesser thans. It's separate from the other playoff teams. There's like a big gap between it offensively, defensively, and on special teams because that's the other thing. We know their offense is amazing. Their defense has been terrific since after the first few games of the year. They're now top 10 in SP+. They're ranked seventh. And now they've got a kicker, too. Like, they don't have to settle for field goals very often. But when they do, they actually make them. There is no weak spot to this Alabama team. So I feel like this Notre Dame team can come out and play well and still lose by 20 points just because that's what happens against Alabama. So I don't. I, I think that this is a Notre Dame team that is so much better than the 2012 team we saw again. It's but with my BAM in the BCS championship, it's better than the team we saw against Clemson in the playoff a few years ago. This Great. is the best Notre Dame team we've seen in a long time. It's just not going to matter, Chip. I know. Alabama's too good. And we might see that in the national championship game as well, because I do expect Alabama. Um, I've got Notre Dame on the spread uh, in my locks, but that's just a too many daggum points. I kind of feel like the back door might be left open there. Uh, I, but I'm, I'm not at all thinking that we have any upset. And then uh, Clemson, Ohio State. Clemson's still at 7.5, over under at 67. Big game Dabo. We always kind of like to look to eye those unders, especially given the 29 to 23 result that we had uh, a year ago. Has the Tony Elliott uh, not making the trip, does that change at all your expectations for Clemson's offense? 
I, 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 I'm trying to figure that out. I, I don't know. Like I've been looking at this game as far as the spread ever since it was first posted. And I've been on Ohio state. I've been on Clemson. I've been back to Ohio state. I've been back to Clemson. And I do think that you're kind of foolish to think that having somebody who hasn't been the play caller before calling plays in a game like this, you can't pretend that's not going to have some kind of impact. It's just, I don't know how great of an impact it will be. And I think that if you look on the Ohio State side, there's just this voice in the back of my head that's been saying, you know, listen, Ohio State, there's been a lot of questions about it. A lot of people wondering whether it even deserves to be here, considering the schedule it's played and the times it has played poorly against Indiana and Northwestern. But there's this voice in the back of my head that says, man, we haven't seen Ohio State play its best game yet. What if Ohio State plays its best game here? What if Ohio State peaks at this time of year, which would typically be the halfway point of a normal season for it? And what will that look like if we get the best version of Ohio State versus this Clemson team? I think suddenly now Ohio State looks like a team that should cover. So I don't know. The spread, I'm not a super, I'm not super big either way here. You mentioned big game Dabo. I do like the under because if we think back to last year's meeting, 29 to 23, 52 points, well below the total where it is here. Or if we go back to the first Fiesta Bowl blowout, 31 to nothing, well below the total here. I do think that defensively, these are two good pass rushes. I think that these are two good quarterbacks. I think these are two well-coached teams that are familiar with one another from dealing with each other in these games before. So I think it's going to be a lower scoring close game. It's just... I don't, I'm not comfortable with the spread. I think the under is the best play. Give me the Tigers. I, I think that Tony Elliott not being there is the difference of four to five play calls. And four to five play calls may be the spread, but I don't think it's going to change the result. I think Clemson still wins that game. And to answer your question, you know what it looks like if Ohio State plays its best game here in the college football playoff? when they won the Dagum national title and they beat Alabama as the four seed, we did all the TCU and Baylor talk and then Ohio state just leaps in there and then boom, they just knock off Alabama in the semifinals, go on to win the national title. Um, that's, that's what it looks like. We'll see if it ends up happening. He is Tom Fernelli. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at chip underscore Patterson, Tom, happy new year. I will look forward to our playoff reaction pod later tonight you'll be live blogging the game i got post game so it'll be really late but we are gonna power through my man we will tom thank you very much i guarantee you i will not be in a certain code at that point happy new year chip (laughs) Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey.